God. Amen. I appreciate, uh, man, that God, you allow me to come and, and be with you these uh, uh, three nights. And I tell you, it's been a thrill and a joy uh, to be here. And I thank God I was, uh, you know what I was thinking about while y'all were singing, brother? I, I normally, uh, I, when, the, when the weather's good, I walk about four miles uh, they run a 5K around my neighborhood, and I walk about four miles just walking, and that's my prayer time, uh, just me and God. One day we was out there walking, brother, and I got to thinking about when Moses in Exodus chapter number uh, 12, uh, when uh, God told Moses, and now the deaf angels coming down through uh, this night. And he said, I'm not looking for Baptist and Lutheran and, and Church of God and Catholic. I'm looking for blood. And, hey, and so I want you to get, Lord, get God that thing. Whoa, hey, come here. He told him, and you really look at this. Exodus 12, brother. He said, get a lamb, I get the lamb, and then get your lamb. A lamb, the lamb, and your lamb. And he said, I want you to take that lamb, sit his throat, catch the blood in a basin, and put it upon your door in the form of a cross. And he said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And so I was walking one day. God asked me, he said, boy, I said, when they put that blood on the on the doorpost, I said, what did they do with the lamb? I looked back at it. I said, Lord, they ate it. He said, you ever thought about it? He said, they had blood on the outside. and had lamb on the inside. How many got blood tonight on the outside and lamb on the inside? Shame in right there. Mm. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Well, I tell you, it's a thrill tonight. I praise you. God, for your preaching, give God a hand of praise for the man of God in this house. Thank you so much, man of God. I didn't think I called all preachers' wise first lady. Give God a hand of praise for the first lady of this house. Well, normally you've heard me talk a lot about my wife. I bought her with me tonight. Uh, I thank God she was able to come. And I praise God, honey, I love you. Give God a hand for my wonderful wife. I appreciate Matt travels with me all over the country. He's with me everywhere. Uh, we go some. He's he's somewhere in the in the uh, in the crowd. And we was up in uh, Pennsylvania. I flew into uh, uh, yep. Yeah, I flew into Pennsylvania. I think it was New Jersey, Pennsylvania, something around the airport. And so we were standing there, uh, waiting for the preaching. Some folks come from the church to pick us up, and uh, a man came running up on me. I didn't see him. And uh, we was in Philly where we was at. And the, the man, Matt, stood in between me and the man. The man said, you must be his bodyguard or something. Matt said, oh, yeah, that's what I am. He said, well, you better not worry about me. See, that crowd over there in Philadelphia, that's the crowd y'all better be worried about. So, but I appreciate Matt. Try women. Then Brother Pastor Joseph Butler, uh, one of our men, uh, we ordained Brother Butler. He started a brand new church down in Charlotte, Matthew area. Got to work with that man of God. He had an opportunity to come with us tonight. I thank God for him. I, since I've been an minister, I've ordained 10 pastors, and eight of them that I've ordained is pastoring churches right now. And to God be the glory. And Brother Joseph Butler is a blessing. Thank you for being with us tonight, man of God. God, I tell you, I'm thrilled to be here tonight, and we're going to roll tonight, and I wanted to uh, give you some, uh, uh, get, get you, I, you know, when you, you know, you preach like we do, and like your pastor, 
and travel as much as I do. You want God's mind on what you want. And I, I, I wanted to go another direction, but God won't let me go. I need to just keep laying this on my heart. So I better do what he wants me to do. I, I remember some years ago, preaching, I was over in Nassau, the Bahamas, preaching. And my wife was with me. Uh, she was with me. And I took my whole family. We was over there for seven days, Brother Dave Adams, some years ago, at New Testament Baptist Church. And so, you know, folks in Bahamas, and we was over there preaching. And so Brother Dave kept saying, he said, look at mine. He said, but we had had 30 people saved up to that, up from that Sunday all with the Thursday. Had 30 people saved. That thing grew. I'm seeing people was looking in the windows. Couldn't get in the building, uh, you know, because uh, over there. And uh, I never forget, he kept saying, Brother Steele got this message called Covered with a Shout. And I preached it, I hadn't preached it in years, uh, Covered with a Shout. You remember how that the same crowd that holler Hosanna was the same crowd that said crucify. That's where I took it from. Well, uh, he kept saying, Brother Steele. And so Friday, I decided to preach it. You know, I said, he kept saying it. I don't feel like God lead me, but I, he kept saying it every night. Well, you know what happened? I got up that Friday night and preached Covered with a Shout. When I got done, you know your wife's going to be truthful with you. She said, baby, you didn't have no cover. And sure, ain't nobody shout. <laughs> so I've learned if God said go this way, you better go with God. And I appreciate your preacher. He hadn't told me what to preach. He hadn't, he hadn't, matter of fact, me and him really hadn't talked. And so just a little bit uh, back and forth. And uh, he just want me to mind God and do what God said. And so I tell you this and I'll, I'll get right into the book. I had a preacher friend of mine uh, up in, up in Winston-Salem, and he and I called each other every Sunday night, used to, and tell each other what we preached about on Sunday at the Sunday night service. And so I told him, he said, what you preach this Sunday? I said, I preached on, you ain't seen nothing yet. And uh, he said, he said, what you going to preach in that conference? I was preaching in a big conference down in Charlotte, a pastor's conference. I said, I think I might preach that message on you ain't seen nothing yet. He said, don't preach that one. I said, why? He said, because Sunday night that you told me that, I went back that next Sunday and worked on that thing. I preached it at my church, and they don't need to hear the same message over and over. So preach something else. I, I said, what in the world? Uh, he said, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> he told me about this young preacher. I that was nervous as all get out. I mean, he was shaking all over. And they said, right after this, after this, they get to singing. I said, this man going to come preach his first message. Boy, they got the, uh, he was trimming. He said, look at the old preacher. He said, Lord, have mercy. He said, man, I'm preaching this. I ain't never preached before. And old man said, calm down. He said, oh, Lord, I went off and left my Bible. I ain't even got no outline. What in the world am I going to do? And he said, look, he said, man, here, take, take my Bible. He said, you got 66 books in there. Uh, he said, God will give you something. The young preacher got up to the pulpit, he's shaking all over. And he opened that Bible up and he saw the old preacher's outline. And boy, he preached that outline, and the church got in the glory. Our people got to shout the praise in God. And boy, and he got through and came back, handed the Bible to the old preachers, said, Thank you. And the old preacher looked at him, said, You know what you just done? He said, No, sir. Thank you for the Bible. He said, Look, man, after that lady gets through singing, I'm preaching next. And you just went up there and preached my outline. <laughs> Young guy looked over at him and said, hey, 66 books. Said, God will give you something. <laughs> I want you to take your Bibles tonight. 
Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 18 in one hand. Then I want you to get 2 Corinthians 9, 15 in the other hand. I want to preach a message from my heart tonight. Tomorrow, uh, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I want you to be praying for us. My, I'll be preaching. My Aunt Carrie's home going. She passed Sunday morning while we was preaching at the church. And, and Carrie's 90, 93 years of age. And uh, we'll have a funeral tomorrow at the church. And I'll be preaching. And but I want you to look at something. Like, let's stand together out of respect of the word of God. Second Samuel chapter 18, verse 29. And then Second Corinthians chapter number 9, and verse 15. Watch this now. This is good stuff. And look at verse number 29 of 2 Samuel 18. The Bible said, the king said, is a, is a young man Absalom safe? And Ahimeaz answered, when Joab sent the king's servant, and me thy servant, I saw a great torment, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushai came. And Cushai said, Tidings, my lord, the king. And the, the lord, uh, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is a young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, and all the rise against thee to do thee hurt. Be as that young man is. And the king was much moved. And went up in the chamber over the gate. And wept as he went. And thus he said. O my son Absalom. My son, my son Absalom. Would God. I died for thee. O Absalom. My son, my son. Hold your place. Look at one verse. In 2 Samuel. 2 Corinthians sorry. Chapter 9 verse 15. The Bible said, but thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now you got a man over here in the New Testament, Paul, saying, I thank God that I did. But you got a man over here in David saying, I would God that I had. So I want to speak tonight on the subject. I thank God that I did. I would God that I had. Let's pray together. Father. I want to thank you for your goodness and grace tonight. I want to thank you for the Holy Ghost, the anointing that's in this room tonight. You're such a great God and a wonderful Savior. I realize every day I live that you don't need me, but God, I sure need you. I beg you to walk over this place and throw your weight around. I pray you bind the demons of hell and show the devil he's a creature and you're the creator of the universe and he got some power, but you got all power. I pray, God, for healing. I pray for deliverance. I pray for freedom. I pray, God, you'd save somebody tonight. I pray somebody walk out this place saying, I thank God that I did. I pray, God, you fill me with your power and your Holy Ghost anointing. And everything you do, I will praise you and thank you and give you glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you can be seated tonight. Now, before I get where I want to take you tonight, I want to tell you something, church, tonight. Listen, one of the greatest tools of the enemy is distraction. And Satan will send you stuff in your life. And tonight, you know why some of you couldn't get in the glory tonight? 
That's because the devil got your mind on stuff that you don't have. And you ought to listen tonight. You ought to be praising God on what you do have. I said the devil want to get you distracted on what you don't have. You ought to praise God on what you do have. Listen to me tonight. <laughs> Let me give you something. I was out. I was going to Bethany Baptist Church some years ago, preacher. And then my soul winning partner, Brother Jesse Ray Long, was out soul winning. Locked on the door. I heard an old gentleman. I heard a voice. So we're around the side of the house. I went around the side of the house. It's the summertime. That's a gentleman sitting on a picnic table in a pair of bib overalls. I walked up to him. I said, sir. I said, my name is Brother Thomas Steele. And this is Brother Jesse Ray Long. I said, we're, come, we're here from Bethany Baptist Church. I said, you folks in church anywhere? Uh, he said, I'm a Baptist preacher. I said, that's wonderful. I preach the same thing. I said, everybody else. I said, if you died right now. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven? And he said, sir, uh, he said, can't nobody really know that you're going to heaven when you die. Uh, he said, one day your soul going to sleep. And then one day at the great judgment, God going to separate the sheep from the goat. And if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, as you go to heaven then, if your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds, and you go to hell. Well, I didn't want to tell him, but I, I was nice. I wanted to tell him what you just told me. It came straight out of the pit of hell. But I didn't say nothing. But watch this now. I, I said, sir, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I said, but let me ask you something. I said in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, and 1 uh, Thessalonians, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8 said, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Yeah. Now I said 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16 said, the Lord shall descend from heaven yeah. with a shout. I said the Lord's up in heaven, yeah. and if I'm absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord. Would you tell me where I'm going to be? He said, you know what? Uh, he said, I've been working some long hours. And he said, my mind ain't working right. Something's just wrong with my mind. Well, there wasn't nothing wrong. Might something wrong with his mind. But thank God, ain't nothing wrong with this book. If you washed in the blood of Calvary and your names were called up in heaven, you can rest assured when you check out of here, you're checking up there. How many know you're going to glory? Say amen right there. <laughs> watch this. Let me bring it to our text tonight. Now watch this. In our text tonight, David, uh, you know, after Saul died, well, David has a boy by the name of Absalom. And Absalom decided he was wanted to be king, and he would split the kingdom. Well, Absalom took a bunch of men and followed him and rebelled against his father. Well, Absalom, he run all over the country. Watch this now. Well, Absalom finally came home. And David was so upset with Absalom. When David saw Absalom walk down the street, he would walk on the other side of the street. And he wouldn't have nothing to do with Absalom. One day, Absalom was riding his mule out through out of, the, of the woods. I want you to see what happened. Look back in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse number 9. While he was riding his mule and out in the, out in the woods, the Bible said, because Absalom took off again in rebellion. Look at verse 9. The Bible said Absalom met the servants of David and Absalom rode upon a mule and the mule went off under, under a thick brow of a great oak and his head caught hold of the oak and he was taken up between heaven and earth and the mule that was under him went away and a certain man saw it 
and told Joab, said, Behold, I saw Absalom hang in an oak. And Joab said to the man that told him, Behold, thou sawest him. Why didst thou not smite him there to the ground? I would have given thee ten shackles of silver and a girdle. And the man said unto Joab, Though I receive a thousand shackles of silver and, 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 and silver in my hand, yet I would not put forth my hand against the king's son. For our hearing in our hearing, the king charged there thee and Abishai and Atiah saying, But where that none touched the young man Absalom. Look up this way, class. Absalom was riding through the oak, uh, to the bars, and he caught his hair in an oak tree, and the mule kept on going. Absalom was hanging from that oak tree. Well, uh, they came and told Joab. Joab was a ruthless, bloody killer. Uh, he killed you with the drop of a hat. And they said, Joab, he was one of David's servants. Uh, he said, I saw Absalom hanging from a tree. Uh, he said, why didn't you kill him? Uh, he said, you should have killed him. And he said, no, I don't care if you give me a thousand shackles of silver and of gold. I won't touch, put my hand on the king's son. He told us not to touch him. Well, old Joab said, where is he? When you read the rest of the text, he said, he's hanging down that oak. And Joab went down to where Absalom was hanging from that tree. And Joab took out his dot gun, put in three dots. And he, <laughs> he blew three dots. In the heart of Absalom. And Absalom died hanging from the oak tree. Well, David had two, uh, two servants. One was Cushai and one was Ahimeaz. Well, Cushai saw the whole thing. But Ahimeaz didn't see what had just transpired. Watch this. Look back over. Look at verse 19. And the Bible said this. Now, I'm going to. You stay with me. I'm, I'm taking you somewhere. The Bible said, then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zolah. Let me now run and bear the king Titus, how the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But the day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. Then said Joab to Cushab, Go tell what thou hast seen. And Cushab bowed himself unto Joab, and he ran. And then Ahimeaz, the son of Zolah, yet again, again to Joab, said, Howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run. Before will thou run, for, wherefore will thou run, my son, uh, seeing thou hast not, has no tidings ready. Let me tell you what happened. Now, Cushai saw exactly what happened. Ahimeaz didn't see what happened. Cushai had a story. Because Cushai saw what happened. Ahimeaz didn't have any story. And David is a picture of the king of the Lord. Now Cushai going to go tell David what happened. Because he had a story. Ahimeaz didn't have no story. There's a lot of folks down at the house of God. Just like Ahimeaz. They come in and talking about glory. But they never had no story. Only way to get a story. Get glory. You got to let God give you a story. That's the only way. To get in the glory, you gotta let God give you a story. Am I right about it? Preacher, I like what the man said in John 9. Remember what he said. Whenever Jesus healed his eyes and the whole crowd was in uproar, and they said, uh, Is that they went to his mom and daddy? I said, Is this your boy? They said, Yes. I said, Was he born blind? Yes. I said, uh, Who did it? I like what they said. 
They said, ask him. He's of age. I said, nobody got to testify for you. You're going to testify for your own self. Anybody got a testimony? Say amen right there. Wait a minute. I'm coming. I ain't ready yet. I'm coming. Stay with me. Mm. Now watch this. So Kusha, Ahimeas, ran past Kusha. He's flying. He's running, but he has no story. So they, David's out on top of the palace. They said, tidings, my Lord. Serve some. Open the gate. Tidings come. They open the gate. Ahimeas come running up to David. I can see him now. David said, what is it? He said, well, I know some kind of, something happened. I, I, I can't tell you. David said, step aside. They said, tidings, my Lord. Here come Cushai. Cushai came to open the gate. And David, Cushai come running in. And David said to Cushai, David said, speak, sir. He said, all your enemies are my Lord is dead. And Kusha, David said to Kusha, is a young man absent? Is he safe? Talking about his boy. Yeah. Kusha said, David, he said, look what he said. Verse 32, and the king said to Kusha, is, is, is the young man absent safe? Kusha answered, the enemies of my lord the king and all the rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. And the king was much moved, went over the chamber of the gate, and he wept as he went. And thus he said, Oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, what God had died for thee. Cushai said, David, said your boy is dead. David went out to the edge of the palace, fell down on his knees with tears running down his face. He said, Oh, Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son Absalom, what God I had. What God I had. I would God I'd have died for thee. Oh, Absalom, my son, Absalom. And David spent the rest of his days living. What God I had. What God I had. Listen to me, David. Why you had a chance to put your arms around him. David, why you had a chance to kiss him on the jaw. David, why you had to tell him a chance to say, I forgive you, son. David, when you had an opportunity, let him know what it meant to you, how much you loved him. And now David's too late. And now you're going to spend the rest of your day saying, what God did I have? 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 I wonder tonight, how many people in this room are going to spend the rest of your life saying, what God did I have? Are you going to spend your life saying, Thank God that I did. Listen to me tonight. I'm going to give you three things tonight and I'll be done. Are you going to say what God that I had? I thank God that I did. When it comes to cherishing the moments. Cherishing the moments. Listen to me class. You know this verse. The Bible said in James 4 verse 13 and 14. You that say today or tomorrow I'm going to buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not. What shall be on the morrow? What is your life? It's like a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. Listen to me, class. My, I remember some years ago, I was just a little boy. I probably was eight to ten years of age. And I'll never forget my cousins. 
had their mother. She was a single mother, had five children, preacher. She said, take off the trash. They said, you blankety blank, you take it out. They cursed their mother out. They said, you, you wouldn't. I'd be treated like she was a dog or something. And I never forget my mother said that she had had a heart attack and she died. Mother and I came up about second row on the, on the, uh, and the church was in, second pew, and then began sitting there beside my mama. Back at the back, the preacher was about to bring the family in. Their mother's casket laid down here at the front. Those children ran past their mama, ran down here uh, to, the, uh, to their mother. And listen, they had to restrain them. I can still hear them in my head. Saying, Mama, I'm sorry. Mama, give me another chance. Mama, give me another opportunity. Mama, I won't never say that to you again. Mama, hold me. Mama, hold me, Mama. Mama, don't leave me, Mama. I'm sorry, Mama. What were they saying? What God I had. What God I had. What God I had. What God I had. When the last time have you told your wonderful wife how what she mean to you, how pretty she is, how much you thank God for when the last time you look at that man of God, God placed in your life, let him know how much you appreciate him, how much you thank God for him. When the last time you look at your babies and put your arms around your children and told your babies what they mean to you, how much you love them. When the last time you put your arms around your mother and your father and said, Dad, I love you. Mama, I love you. For the last time, and you held them, and held them close, and let your family know how much you mean to them. For the last time, and you let your brother and sister down at the house of God know how much you love them, how much you care for them. When the last time, and you told your preacher and first lady how much they mean to you, how much you thank God for them. I'm telling you right now, we better do what we can, what we can, because tomorrow ain't promising nobody. That's Someday we'll live and say what God I had. I thank God that we did. Am I right about it, church? Listen to me. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 said, Behold, now is accepted time. And the day is the day of salvation. Watch this, bro. My mother, Brother Parson, my wife will tell you, my mama. My mother. Was, I was a pastor for 17 years. Mother wouldn't even come to church. My whole family wouldn't come to church. When I first got saved, preacher, they thought I was crazy. They thought I lost. They ain't never seen nobody like me. <laughs> because they believed that having a religion on Sunday and then rest your week is yours. You pick God back up on next Sunday. But I had this Jesus thing. I, I got saved. And he was Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every day was Jesus. Well, my uncle and all my family had a meeting about me. They said, we know what's wrong with him. They said, what's wrong? Say, he's supposed to eat the Bible one spoon at a time and eat it and digest it. So his problem is, so he, he eats the Bible like a hog eating slop. And the Bible done drove him crazy. I tell you, like Paul told Queen Agrippa, I'm not crazy, must know my Festus. I'll be of a good mind. Hey, you say you lose your mind? Oh yeah, I lost my mind and I got God's mind. Somebody help me in the house. I remember my little mother. And I'm not against a preacher's style. I remember I was telling the church, we went. 
Let's see how my mother changed. I, before she ever got her salvation settled. And I, my mother went with me, went to one of my cousins past. Little old guy. And I'm not against a lot of preachers. You know, they preach the hoop. You know, and that, everybody's style is different. I don't care how you preach, just feed me something. You know, yeah. But watch this. I, we got in the car. Mama said, I miss that little old man. He's a ball of fire. I wanted to tell him he never even got lit, but I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but I went by my mother's house one Saturday. I said, Mama, I said, I, 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 if you was to die, are you going to heaven? I, she said, Son, I, I really want to. I'm a, I, 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 my plans is to go. I said, Mama, anybody ever showed you in the Bible how to get there? GPS. Told you last night, I took this book, showed my mother how to be saved. My mother got her salvation settled that day. I took it to 1 John 5, 13, but these things are written unto you after she asked Christ into her heart that you may know you have eternal life. And mother got it sealed, and she told my sister, said, I'm going down to my son's church. She came now one time, mother came coming back, and mother joined the church. And I was a pastor for 17 years before she went to heaven. Watch this now. Watch how God turned things around. And But listen, mama got saved. I told you how I led my daddy to Christ on his deathbed. My daddy was, was a, what you would call, I, 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 he sold liquor what he did. And I tried to win my daddy to Christ. And my daddy said, boy, say you can't get saved like that. My preacher said, you got to work on it. And do. And then you, when you work on it, you'll get there. I looked at my daddy and said, what if you die while you're trying to work? I said, daddy, the work's already been done. I said, when Jesus died on Calvary, shed his blood and died and resurrected, he already paid the price with his blood on Calvary. You ain't got to do nothing to be saved. Good God Almighty, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, that's any man should know. Am I right about it, church? My daddy, on his deathbed, I led him to Christ in Northeast Medical. Heard him crying out, dear God, forgive me. Come in my heart and save me. Change my life. He checked out and went to glory. I preached his eulogy. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Watch how God turned it around. You know what I kept doing? I kept loving my family. My wife would tell you. And boy, listen, my uncle called me, the same one that all of them thought I was crazy. The church they went to, he said, son, would you come and preach at our church and bring your choir? I, on a Sunday, boy, blocked me for a loop. My uncle wanted me to come and preach at his church. I went up there and preached at, at the church up there. And 23 of my family members walked the aisle and gave their life to Christ. Why? So I'll tell you something. I we ain't got time. I be sitting around and fighting over black power and white power and yellow power and red power. Somebody better get a hold of God's power. Am I right about it? But our nation is divided over black power. White power, red power, yellow power. Fighting and divided over something that none of us had nothing to do with. You can help it what color you are. I can't help it what color I am. That's all God's doing. If God wanted me to be something else, he'd have made me something else. But I'm glad. Mm, I felt something like that, bro. Dr. Ruby Field, he's a black preacher. Preaching in Mississippi to an all-white congregation. 
Back years ago, he asked the priest, he said, men, how many of you got farms in you? And they raised their hands. He said, in that, in, on, your, on your farm, you got chickens. He said, you got black chickens. You got white chickens and red chickens and yellow chickens. He said, you got all kind of chicken. He said, but when you kill them and put them in the pot, he said, oh, you got chicken? <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, when you take a black man and a white man and a red man and a yellow man and wash them in the blood of Jesus, they all come out the same way that's saved by Christ. Am I right about it, church? With God I had. I thank God I did when it comes to cherishing the moment. I'll tell you something. Someday you'll say, with God I had. I thank God that I did when it comes my friend, tonight, listen, can I tell you something? You know what God you had? I thank God you did when it comes to standing with your preacher. Amen. Let me talk about that for just a minute. We wonder why churches are not having revival. Let me tell you why we're not having revival. Let me mess you up right here for just a minute. Mm. Watch this. Now, uh, okay, I got some water over here. I want you to notice something. Now, let me give you some scripture. First Corinthians 4, verse number 16, 14. Let me start at verse 14. First Corinthians 4, 14. I speak not these things to shame you, but to warn you. Though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. But I have begotten you in the gospel. Follow me, Paul said, as I follow Christ. Watch this. You got 10,000 instructors, but not many fathers. I hate to tell you this, preacher Todd, but everybody come to turn a point. You're not that pastor. I wish you were. Everybody come to new life. I'm not that pastor. Let me tell you why. Because whoever has your ear is your preacher. That's why when you do something they don't like, that the day if you you do something, you do something to one of their buddies. That hey, when they when they get upset and leave, the buddy's gonna leave with them. Why? Because that's really who that preacher is. Let me tell you something. Preach, preacher. Yes, sir. The only voice, I'm going to tell you something, church. If you want revival, you better listen to me. The only voice that you all listen to in this place outside of God's voice is that man of God sitting right there. Here's a disadvantage that we got as preachers. This is a disadvantage we got, brother. Somebody can do something and we can discipline the situation. They get mad and pack this stuff and say, I'm just going I'm out of here. And I come back. And they out. They go tell their buddies, but they, the buddies only hear one side of the story. They don't get to hear your side, my side, and we're not going to come to the pulpit and preach about it. All we can do is sit here and let God vindicate us while they out there spreading poison and all over you. You better hear me. Watch this. The only way, brother, a little bit, my big toe going to get some water. But the only way for my big toe to get some water. It's got to go through the head. Whatever flows to the head flows to the body. Now, it went into my head. My big toe just got something. I'll tell you something. Anything the body gets, it comes through the head. If the body says, I'm going over here, the head got to give the signal, and the eyes have to open up, say, we're going over here. 
When the body says I'm hungry, it hits a signal up here and it comes through the mouth has opened up and put the food in the body. If the body grows, it's because I take everything come through the head. I'm telling you this to tell you this. The Bible said, and listen to me, Psalm 133, 1, behold, he said, how wonderful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that run off of Aaron's head, down off his beard, down to the skirts of his mantle. Notice what flowed from the head, it flowed down to the body. And what I'm telling you this, if you want to see turning point go to another level, and listen, it's up to you and how you treat him and first lady and the children and their family you're going to determine which way this church goes alright let me explain something to you alright you said I'm going to pull that head down you pull your preacher down guess what's coming down my head the body when you pull him down you pull yourself down you want to take this church up push your head up you push your head up and the body goes up with it you pull pull the head down and you come down push him up and you'll come up you got to decide which way you want to go but I'm telling you right now it is too late in the hour for us to be fighting the man of God for us to be fighting the vision come here if everybody in the house brother Joseph got a vision you're going to have division you can't even go to McDonald's with your vision. Get hired over there. Go there and say, well, I think the fries ought to be over here. I think the fish ought to be over here. I think they ought to put the sandwiches. You know what they'll do? they say, you see that exit door right there? You don't go into nobody's business and bring your own vision. You kept a vision that's already in place. If you flow with the vision, then the whole thing will flow. When you come down to the house of God, don't bring your vision. Find out what God doing with him and flow with the vision that God placed in his life. This church will go to a level like you never dreamed before. Anybody rather see God do something? Say amen right there. <laughs> well, Y'all sung about it. Y'all told the church, this ain't Burger King. Can't have it your way. You said it was like witness, old-fashioned, hot and juicy, right? <laughs> Somebody help me in here. But what I'm telling you is this. I was on my way. My wife didn't tell you, but I was on my way. I had been out to San Diego, California. And I was coming back, flying back in from San Diego. I've been preaching for Brother Doug Fisher in this pastor's conference. And I, was, I just turned 50. And I told God, I said, Lord, I'm 50 years old. I said, I don't want to see you. I want to see you in the last half of my life. Great in the first half of my life. God, don't let me die full. Let me die empty. I don't want to get to heaven. And find out all the stuff you're going to do when I get there. I said, God, I want to see what you can do while I'm here right now. God, whatever it is, I surrender to God. Show it to me. And God said, preach this on Sunday morning. That's just a little sample, a commercial, what I preached on Sunday morning. I said, you want me to preach that? On Sunday morning, he said, didn't you just tell me? You want to see me? He said, the church is out of order. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, all right, let me explain to you this way. Have you ever went and tried to wash your car, bro, and, and had your nozzle? You turned the water on wide open back here, and then you squares the nozzle with nothing coming out. The power was on, but nothing coming out. You know what the issue was? There was kinks in the holes. And every time, every time you went back and took a kink out, that water said, shh. 
You took another kink out. That water said, shoo. And you took another kink out. That water said, shoo. And next thing you know, you had a full throttle. What God is saying, there's too many kinks in the house of God. And we get the kinks out. The water can flow like we've never seen it before. I tell you right now, don't you be a kink in the halls. Get out of the way so the water can flow. Somebody help me in here. Watch this. Brother, if you go to a drink machine and it says out of order, are you going to put your money in anyway? You're going to find you one that's working, ain't you? When the church want God to pour his power, when the church is out of order, God ain't going to pour the power. God is looking for somebody that's wanting to get in order, want to get with the vision. When I came home, we got 58 ministers at New Life. 58. If you would tell, ask all of our leaders, said, ask every one of them, say, what's your vision? They said, we don't have one. So how do you have a ministry and don't have a vision? They said, we got a vision, but it ain't ours. We're not here to push ours. We're trying to follow the vision that God gave the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. That's why last year, to God be the glory, we saw a thousand people give their life to Christ last year. And that's why already this year, we've seen pretty close to 60 people or 70 people already saved this year. Why? Because when the people are let, the, let the power of God flow, Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. The power is already all. God, just need some people that the kinks out so the glory can come. Somebody help me up in here. You ain't going to. I don't know why I'm off. That ain't my message. But watch this. I'll tell you something. He ain't going to do everything you like. He ain't going to do it the way you like it. You're going to disagree with it. But don't fight him. Because there's going to come a day. If you'll stand with him. You're going to raise your hand and say, thank God I did. You stand against him. You would God that you had. Am I right about it? Okay. Let me give you. I got about 10 minutes or so. I'll be done here in just a minute. I wanted to really give you a shout message, get you in the glory. But that ain't what God wanted tonight. So I'm going to do what he said. Watch this. For the sake of time, I'll give you this. And I hit it and I throw the brakes on. Watch this. Remember when Elijah, in 1 Kings 17, he'd been to the brook and the brook dried up. You remember how ravens fed him? For, uh, fed him as, you know, <laughs> that's another whole thing. But, but the brook dried up. Verse 8 said, when the brook dried up, he said, God, what am I going to do? He said, go down to Zarephath. I prepared a widow woman to stay. Elijah come down to Zarephath. There's a woman picking up sticks. <laughs> She's picking up sticks. And Elijah said, uh, said, ma'am, could you get me some water? She went and got him some, a little cruise of water. And she started to walk off. He said, hey, ma'am. She said, what, sir? She said, could you make me a cake? Make you a cake? You read the story. She said, look, I got a handful of meal. And I got a little cruise of oil. I'm going to make a cake for me and my boy. And both of us going to die. And Elijah said, make me a cake first. Preacher. Did you hear me? I, she said, don't you understand? It's a famine in the land. People are boarding and selling their own kids. That's how sick is. We don't have no food, no water. It's a famine. And Elijah said, make me a cake first. I'm telling you preachers, you are the thing I've ever seen. She go in the kitchen, make that cake, and come back and say, here, 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 eat it, preacher. Now, me and my boy, we just going to die. He said, ma'am, she said, what do you want now? I done gave you some water. I done gave you some, uh, made you a cake. Ain't nothing else. What you want? He said, go make you one. <laughs> preacher, you got jokes. You got jokes now, huh? The preacher got jokes. 
She went to the kitchen, a crazy preacher. Oh, glory! That boy come running in there and said, Mama, what in the world wrong with you? She said, Baby, you ain't gonna believe it. Look at that meal barrel. It's all the way to the top. Look at that oil. And she said, You think that's something? Watch this. Every time she dipped that meal out, that thing said, Shoot. She dipped it out. Said, Shoot. She poured it all out. It said, Shoot. She poured it out. It said, Shoot. Why? Oh, bless God. When she took care of God's man, God took care of them. What flows from the head, it'll flow to the body. Somebody help me up in here. You take care of that man. Take care of First Lady. It'll take this church to levels that you never dreamed it ever go. Take care of your preacher. Take care. Don't think you can give him enough. Don't think I don't care what he has. I mean, just pour it on him. Walk up to him sometime. Sow into him. Sow into First Lady. Just put something in the hand. Love him. And pray for him. Stand with him and watch God. Take turning point Amen. to a place that you never dreamed it ever go. Last thing I close with this. When it comes, when it comes to heaven and hell, one day you'll say, what God did I had? I thank God that I did. I want to, I want to close. I ain't going to turn it because for the sake of time. Let me tell you, I just want to take your tour for just a minute. We're going to take a tour and then I'll be done. I want you to imagine in your mind. All of us now are getting on buses, getting in vans, getting in our cars. We're getting in single file. And our tour guide is going to take us down to hell. And watch this now. We're going to go to hell together. And all of a sudden, according to Isaiah 14, 9, hell from beneath is moved to meet you is coming. It stirs up the dead for you. And the worms are going to cover you. Isaiah 5, 14, hell have enlarged itself without measure. And all of a sudden, the, by, uh, the ground opens up and a big smoke comes up out of the ground. And we start down into hell. As we start down, we get down so far, we begin to wipe sweat. Our brows begin to perspire. We get closer. We start seeing these creatures got teeth like a lion, bodies like a horse, and tails like a scorpion, and wings like an eagle flying back and forth through hell, according to Revelation chapter 9. And they're flying. And they screaming out, it's forever, it's forever, it's forever, it's forever, it's forever. And boy, we see the souls of men that charred in the flames of hell, that charred. We look and see, and I walk up and I said, sir, what's your name? He said, my name is Felix. I said, Felix, not you, not Acts 25, that's me. I said, well, what are you doing in hell? I said, Paul whips it to you. You tremble on the conviction. He said, I told Paul, I told Paul to come see me at a more convenient time. I thought I had more time. Oh, can I tell you tonight, if you're sitting in this place thinking about tomorrow, this night could be your tomorrow. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Best God, if I wasn't saved by the grace of God, I wouldn't wait for tomorrow. I made sure I knew that I knew today. Somebody help me. Yeah. I go with another father. He said, please help me, sir. He tell he's not bite me. Get these worms off of me. Help me, help me, please, sir. I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Agrippa. I said, Agrippa, what are you doing in here? I read about you in Acts 27. He said, I told Paul. I told Paul. He witnessed to me. Almost. He persuaded me to be a Christian. 
almost ain't good enough. You better know that you know that you know that you know that you know. How many know that you know that you know you go to heaven when you die? Say amen right there. I go a little bit farther. I see another man. He said, help me, sir, please. Help me. I said, what's your name? He said, my name. My name is Judas. And money keep jumping back at him. I said, Judas, what are you doing in hell? I said, you walk with him. You kissed his brow. You saw him raise the dead, cleanse lepers, save sinners. What are you doing? He said, because I care more. I cared more about stuff than I did him. I said, Judas, you heard him say, what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose your soul? Why would you sit? Because I cared more about stuff. I wonder how many people sitting here tonight that care more about stuff than you do your soul. When 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, you bought nothing into this world and you ain't taking nothing out. Somebody help me up in here. I go a little bit farther. I see a man wash his hands. I said, who are you? He said, my name is Pallet. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to get this innocent blood off my hands. I said, what are you doing in hell? I said, you check Jesus out yourself three times, and you come back and said three times, I find no fault in him at all. I said, Pallet, he said, because I feared the people more than I feared God. Oh, I wonder how many people sitting in here. I, listen, I'm fearing people more than you fear God. And you'll let people, uh, somebody can't take your heaven for you, nor your hell for you, and you'll die without God. I should fear people more than you do God. Listen. I said to the man, I said, look, we got to go. We can't take no more. And them was flying through hell since it's forever. I said, can we go to heaven? All of a sudden, everything turns to shift. And while we on our way out, that rich man began to holler, and the people in hell holler. Preacher Steele, Pastor Todd, send somebody to my daddy's house. Send somebody to my mama's house. Send somebody to my brother's house. Send somebody to my sister's house. Send somebody to my daddy's house. Didn't the rich man in Luke 16 cry? I got five brothers. I don't want to come to this place of torment. Hell is calling for us to send somebody to somebody's house. Send somebody to my son, to my mama, to my grandpa. Every one of us have been called by hell to go to their houses. Somebody help me. But we leave hell. We go for the first heaven where the birds fly, the second heaven where the stars are, the third heaven where God is. Man, the whole place is lit up. Cray, day in the morning. It's lit up. Somebody bumps me and says, hey, is Duke Energy up here? <laughs> I said, no, man. That's the Lamb of God himself. He's the light of this city. And you can hear him singing. All over heaven. What a day this gonna be. I changed the words a little bit. When my Jesus, they're looking at us saying, When my Jesus, y'all get to see. When y'all look upon his face, the one who saved you by his grace. Oh, I, I said, and we look at said, man, look at these gates of pearls, walls of jasper. We've been fighting over this stuff, and I'm shouting on streets of gold. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, man. Oh, I see somebody. And they walking. And then they leaping. 
And then they're praising God. I said, who are you? He said, you read about me in Acts 3? He said, remember when Peter and John came up to the hour of prayer? I was sitting there begging for some alms. And they said, silver and gold, have I none? Said, they took my little old pot I had trying to beg for money. Said, God, what we can ready to give you ain't going to fit in your pot. I said, they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He said, man, that thing was so good. He said, I can help myself. I got up and I just walked a little bit. And then I leaped a little bit. I praised God a little bit. I said, hey. I said, what's that song you're saying? He talking about, ain't nobody do me like Jesus. Ain't nobody do me like the Lord. I said, boy, I'm telling. Hey, and we come on down a little farther. We see a lady just walking back and forth like this. I said, man, who in the world are you? She said, you read about me in John 4. She said, you remember when I came to that well, had my little bucket, and I said, and I asked him to give me something to drink. And he said, you know who you were talking to? Said, you'll be asking me for something to drink. I said, I said, give me this living water. And said, he, I went for the little old, I had went over to the well, my little cup. I went with a cup full. I left with the whole well full. And I ran back telling people, y'all better come see a man. Come see a man. I said, what's that song you talk? Saying. She said, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that flood my soul. I said, girl, what you talking about? Something wonderful happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. <laughs> oh, I come on down. Another old boy down there. I said, listen, listen at him saying, y'all. He talked about, for a long time I traveled down the long, lonely road. My heart was so heavy and sin. I sank low. Oh, and then I heard about Jesus. What a wonderful hour. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out and show me the way. Y'all help me to sing it. Thank God I am free, free, free. From this world of sin, I've been washed in the blood. I've been born again. Hallelujah! I'm saved by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out He would bring me out and show me the way. <laughs> like a bird out of prison. I'll be taking my flight like a blind man that God gave back his sight like a poor wretched beggar without fortune or fame. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out and show me the way. Thank God I am from this world of sin. I've been washed in the blood. I've been born again. Hallelujah. I'm by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out. He would bring me out. Show me the way. How many happy about that? Say amen right there. Somebody give God praise in the house. Right? Somebody give God glory in the house. Somebody bless the Lord in the house tonight. 
I'm done. I'm done. Let me get a testimony. Hey, hey, uh, Felix, give me a testimony. What God I had. Hey, Agrippa, give me a testimony. What God I had. Uh, a pallet, give me a testimony. What God I had. Hey, Judas, give me a testimony. What God I had. Well, let's go over here. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, hey, uh, uh, man, over here at the, at the uh, uh, come Acts, John 3, uh, tell me a testimony. Thank God I did. One with the issue uh, uh, at the well. Thank God I did. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, Manak of Gadara, tell me. Thank God I did. And all the heaven start looking to Calvary, looking to Jesus, sitting on the throne. They say, Thank God he did. Thank God he did. Thank God he did. Thank God he did. Somebody help me in the house. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I want to thank you tonight. <laughs> that one of these days, we're going to spend our lives. Saying, what God did I had? Are we going to spend our lives saying, thank God that I did. I'm grateful and thankful when I had to lay my little mother down and walk by her casket, leading the family in. I was able to look at her face and say, thank God that I did. Thank God that I did. Thank God. And Father, when it comes to the ministry here, God, you raise up this man of God, his wonderful wife, wonderful family. And this church turning point. Tonight, I believe with all my heart, dear Jesus, that you're ready to do something in this place like they've never seen before. But it all starts by taking care of that head. Because what flows from the head will flow to the body. Take care of God's man. Take care of First Lady and his family. And God, you'll take care of them. The body will rise no higher than what comes through the head. And I ask you, Spirit of God, to set this church on fire. None of us are perfect preachers. None of us are perfect. They're not perfect first ladies. But we're in a position that you placed us. Trying to do the best we can. That we might get your message out. To a hurting, dying, lost world. We need the people around us. To hold our hands up. And to pray for us. And stand with us. As you glorify. For you said if you be lifted up. You draw men unto you. But I praise your name. Maybe somebody here tonight. Couldn't, cannot raise their hand and say, thank God I did when it comes to heaven and hell. Why well, heads about nice goals. How many can say in this room tonight, said preacher Steele, I might can't say a whole lot of things, but one thing I can say for sure, if I was a die tonight, I can raise my hand and say I'm 100% sure. I can say, thank God I did. Would you raise your hand? You know you're going to heaven without a doubt. God bless you. Put your hand down. How many would say, Preacher Steele, don't embarrass me. Don't come where I'm at. Don't put your hands on me. Don't touch me. But would you pray for me? If I die tonight, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to heaven, but I sure don't want to go to hell. Please don't embarrass me. But would you pray for me? I promise you. I won't come where you are. I won't touch you. I won't put my hands on you. I just want to pray for you. If you're not 100% sure going to heaven when you die, would you raise your hand and say, pray for me? Slip it up where I can see it. God bless you, man. You put it right back down. Is there another? Say, pray for me. If I die tonight, I'm not sure. I hope I am. I'm trying to go. I want to go. But I can't say I'm 100% sure. Would you raise your hand? Would you stand with me all over the house? God's people, would you pray with me? I had one hand to raise. 
And some maybe couldn't raise their hand either way. I promised him I'd pray for him. Father, I come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And Lord, there's a lot of people in this room raise their hand and said, I have a no doubt if I was to die right now, I'm going to heaven. And I say with them, thank God they did. One day when they see you walking down those streets of gold, they're going to thank you more than they ever have, but all of us will. But then, Father, that hand that was raised, they said, I'm not 100% sure. I come and bring them before the throne tonight because, Spirit of God, you allowed them to sleep through the night, to wake up this morning and get dressed this afternoon and come down to the house of God tonight just to meet you. Oh, yes, Satan's already rushed to their side and begin to give them a million reasons why to say no to Jesus. But I pray this will be a night they'll say no to Satan and they'll say yes to Jesus. My heads are bowed and eyes closed. If you raise your hand tonight and said, I'm not even sure, Christians, you pray. Would you look at me, just the one to raise a hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. If you raise your hand and said you're not sure, would you look at me for a minute? Listen, this is a Baptist church, but we don't tell people what Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Church of God, Church of Christ, Holiness, Catholic, anybody's religion said about going to heaven. Would you allow us to take this Bible holding my hands and show you how to miss the fires of hell and walk on streets of gold with Jesus forever and forever? If you'll do that, I want you to step out from where you are right now and come meet me right here from the front. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come, sir? Would you come, ma'am? Preacher? God bless your heart. God bless you. Would you take me? Go there. want to help you. Okay. If you're not sure, would you come tonight? Would you come tonight? If you're not sure, would you come tonight? Church, look up here at me for just a moment. I'm going to let them sing in just a moment. And I'm going to turn it over to the man of God. But tonight, if you can't say, thank God I did, why don't you come find your place in this altar and get it settled tonight? You pray for me tomorrow. I'll be standing like this tomorrow over my dear aunt. But I thank God she knew Christ. And I can say thank God that she did. And tonight, maybe you got a child, a son or daughter, a co-worker, a husband, a wife, or somebody in your family that you want God to move on their behalf. Maybe your child is going astray on you. You raise them in church. And they've gone the other way. Your grandbaby, your granddaughter, your son, somebody. I want you to find a place in this altar. Let God. I tell you what, do let's pray together. And then we're going to turn it over and let them sing. Father, I come before you tonight. I pray for those that are around the altar right now. I thank you, Spirit of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that husbands and love wives again. Wives and love their husbands again. and Respect them and honor them. 
I pray families to come together again. Every time we turn the news on, somebody's babies, they're raised up in that house, going to prison and killing and shooting. And I pray God you send the love of God back in our families again. I pray brothers and sisters in church, I forgive each other and love each other again. I pray, Spirit of God, that the people of God will love on their pastor and first lady again. I pray, Spirit of God, that we'll hear the cries of hell. And God, that we'll do everything we can to try to get people out of it again. We love you tonight. And I ask you in the name of Jesus that your kingdom will come on earth like it is in heaven. God, do work in this room. Bring the backside of home. Turn somebody's family around. Turn somebody's children around. Turn somebody's health around. Turn somebody's finances around. Turn somebody's ministry around. God, let them see there's a God that's still on the throne. There's a God that's in control. There's a God that can still make crooked places straight. High places low, low places high. And no weapon formed against your children shall be able to prosper. As long as you follow us, can't nobody be against us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You don't know just how far away from home I've been. She said and she looked into my eyes. As these are still praying, you come if you've got a need tonight. Come while God's moving in this place. Not a time in my life, not a time in my history that I've been alive that I've seen the families that have been decimated and torn apart at the core as we see them today. God bless you, son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say someone else. saves tonight. He can take a broken home and put it back together again. Some of you walked in the building tonight just as discouraged as you could be. God can encourage you tonight. Take that heavy load off of you and place it on Him. He'll take care of you tonight. He can help you. There you go. Come on. Let God do the office work in your heart. But you be obedient unto God tonight. Don't leave this place the same way that you came, but leave different. Different because of what God done inside of you.
Thank God I did. January 3 of 93. Thank God I did. Say yes to Christ. Praise the Lord. They're still praying. If you still got a need, you come. There's plenty of time. Are you glad the God of heaven loves you tonight? Loves you enough to send His only begotten Son to an old rugged cross to where you and I can have everlasting life. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much tonight for being here. I'm going to ask Dr. Steele to go into the lobby with the First Lady and you let them know how much you appreciate them being here with us this week. Tomorrow night, Brother Wesley Campbell will be bringing the Word. He'll be bringing the Word Friday night. The Parsons will be with us the remainder of the week as well. 14-year-old Sam Cox will be singing Friday night. It'll be youth night. If you've never heard Sam sing and play that piano at 14 years old, you've missed a great blessing going to be youth night bring your youth with you bring your kids with you let the man of God and be used by God to speak to them and that means us old folks can come too right yeah. Yeah. amen how many have never heard brother Wesley Campbell preach oh there's some of y'all never heard Wesley preach well you need to come yeah. you need to come he'll bless your heart amen Praise the Lord. Sister Pam, can you come around to the piano and play us off the air tonight? We do thank you so much for being here. Brother Kenny, you go out with your family tonight, buddy. You've worked hard all week playing that piano. Amen. Did you enjoy the Parsons tonight? Amen. Most of all, did you, did, 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 did you enjoy the man of God tonight? How about the Lord Jesus? Did you enjoy Him tonight? Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Prayer room at a quarter till seven. Service begins at seven o'clock. God bless you.